has it helped? Yes, it absolutely has. Um, it's definitely helped in knowing the market a lot better and knowing how to present, like how to put myself out there. Like I would never ever have touched my LinkedIn ever. I, I didn't see LinkedIn as a valuable resource at all. So in saying that, it already has proven to be. Really what valuable. I say, I think you guys are you guys are great and change change people lives and it makes a lot of difference. Um, and like these masterclasses have been amazing. It's been fantastic, Dre, and the information that you've shared and the way you share it. It's been really simple. You've broken things down and it's good that you've got Jackie as a co-host. Not only helped me in my personal um, branding, but it's helped me now on my on the business side um, where I feel very, very capable. And it's well worth it, Dre. And I am so glad that I did. And I'm going to sign up and, well, you know, I'm going to work with you because I really like the dynamic with you and Jackie and, and everybody. Super legends, superheroes, and superstars. My name's Dre. Welcome to another episode of Hot Hire Six and Seven Figure Coaches on Fire. We are absolutely going to rip it up today, and I have a super legend. Not just a super legend. I've got the super legend of all super legends, and I am so excited. So before I get this mega star out here. Just want to let you know that we are live on Facebook, live on LinkedIn, live on YouTube, and live in my authority branding group. Hello, Facebook user. I can't see your name, so let me know your name and where you are tuning in from. So today is going to be, I'm just so excited. So my next guest, Lenita. I'm not going to say her surname because I will absolutely butcher it. I will butcher it. So she probably doesn't know this, but she has been a huge inspiration to me. So she has built a business from absolutely zero. So from the ground up. And what I love about it is that she has kept going with all the naysayers, with all the, the haters saying, nah, it's not possible. You can't do it. But she has done it and she is absolutely crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. And the cool thing was we caught up, I think it was last week or the week before. And yeah, she was kind enough. It was probably like an interrogation for her. I was like, can I ask you a few questions? She's like, yeah, go for it. And I was just hammering her with like loads of questions. And we were talking about sport, music, faith, and so many other things. So let's get this super legend out here. Yes, I can't wait for this either. So let's give a big, massive, ginormous, gigantic welcome to Lenita. Hey, hey, fam. Hey, Dre. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Thank I know how busy you are. So thank you for giving up your time and to rock out for us, with, you know, in about like 20 minutes or so. So let's yes. get straight into it because we've got lots of questions and we've got a couple of questions that have come in already. So do you want to tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Of course. Uh, and thank you for that intro. It really means a lot as well. Where, where I started my career, I was a high school PE teacher. That's kind of how my work with teenagers started. And I, I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you ever remember PE back in school or the PE teachers, like we have a lot of fun in that role. But it wasn't, it wasn't to, 
I kind of just very quickly understood that that role wasn't necessarily the role that I wanted to pursue for the next, you know, 20, 30, 50 plus years in my career. So I started to explore the life coaching space and that's how I kind of accidentally fell into coaching teenagers. Uh, I loved the life coaching world, but I thought like, what if I actually do this for teenagers? Because I kind of, I kind of had a feeling I was already doing that in the teacher like in the classroom so from PE teacher world I evolved to a life coach and that's kind of where it led me today inside Teen Coach Academy uh, we've evolved life coaching programs for teenagers and now I train the coaches on my trade secrets now too which is really cool oh I love that love that thank you for, for sharing so what was it why did you decide to was there something that happened like some sort of event that you were like okay i'm not gonna do PE teaching i, I want to work for myself and, and build a business did you have like a, a dream or like a mission or how did that all start yeah most definitely i think it was a series of moments it wasn't like an aha moment for me i think it was just uh gradually had led to a decision uh but i think a, a couple of moments for me was one, I, I, went to, I went to America, I lived in America for a little while, worked on summer camps, like the whole, you watch the movies and you, you see the summer camps. For, for us Australians, it was a big deal to be like, oh, I'd love to do that one day. So I went and did it and I noticed that there was a big gap between what kids were learning in the classroom and what they were, I guess, secretly craving in everyday life, which was you know, mental health and discussions around sensitive topics but uh, I technically didn't have enough time in the classroom to cover all of that, even though I was a PE teacher and that was my platform. So that kind of sparked an idea for me on, you know, what if I created something outside of the system rather than trying to fight it all the time? Because the school system is just not going to change. I think people just need to just accept it, you know, for what it is. And so that was one moment. And then the second moment was when I came back home from America I started to practice my coaching outside of school hours. You know, I was a youth minister in church. I was a basketball coach. I did a lot of side gigs as a volunteer in the community. So I started to practice my coaching. And then one day a parent actually asked me, hey, Lenina, like, do you mind mentoring or coaching my kid? And I thought, of course, like, that's why I'm here. And then she asked me, do you mind if I ask how much do you charge? And at that stage, that was not even within my awareness. I was just going to coach for free because I was a volunteer in the community. And that's where that's where the idea started to spark for me as well on, I think I'm onto something here. I'm attracting parents who want to work with me outside of school. What if it became a business? And we went from there. Awesome. Thank you. And was it hard from, you know, like starting your business like from, from nothing did you know what you were doing did you follow a plan or like how did that yeah. how did that all come about oh, I had no clue what I was doing <laughs> you know like I, my heart was in it and that's I guess something we always always need to be mindful of like I, I just loved working with teenagers that it was never a question of the how like I knew I was going to figure it out along the way um, and so it was messy in the beginning I didn't necessarily have like I had coaches and mentors but I didn't have like a teen coach. I didn't have someone that paved the path for me. So it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of uh, like self-belief. It was a lot of delayed gratification because I knew I was onto something and I personally felt called, like God was calling me at that stage and still is today. There's a reason for that. So I just had to trust that. And then over time, things started to slowly fall into place. 
but I committed to the long game when I first started. So I knew it wasn't going to happen within the first 12 months. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I've got a, a message, message from Sally Lean. So I will pop that up in a second. So before yes. I do that, you love swimming and basketball? I so do. Yes, my top two. All right. If you had to choose one, what would it be and why? That's a tough question. My my first reaction would say basketball. However, where my life started was as a swimmer. And I think looking back at where life started, the stories I pulled from that journey, I would say swimming. That's what really sparked the athlete mentality in me. And also seeing how my mum supported me during swimming, it really set a tone with how we work with parents today too. So tough question, but I'm going to go with swimming. I love that. And you've also said, I know when we've caught up, you've said that, I love that you say this, that business is a lot like sport. Yes. And that's how you approach, and that's how you approach your business like sport. Can you just mm -hmm. tell us or talk to us a little bit about that? So how would you sort of say, like for me, I'm going to, I don't want to call it soccer, we'll call it football. Because if anyone <laughs> heard me, they'd be like. It is called football, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And like, so. For me, um, like the way that I approach football and I guess business as well, it's just like practice. So you try things, they might not work, but you just keep going, keep going. You might win some, you might lose some, but eventually you've got your like your teammates around you. You've got like a manager, which is effectively like a coach to mm -hmm. support you all the way. Do you have like a similar sort of view or? Most definitely, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of discipline around the fundamentals it's it's the just repeating the process and fine tuning the the two millimeter shifts that we're wanting. I think people think there's this big drastic or there's this big secret in business, but it really is just do you know for in basketball terms, just doing the layups every day. Like if anyone studied Kobe Bryant, he was just in the court doing the basics over and over and over again, shooting the hoops, doing the layups. It, there was no fanciness to his training. He was just very disciplined and very consistent. And so with business, your consistency will compound, but people can't see past the 12-month stage or they can't see the five or 10 years of doing the layups, of shooting the hoops. But when you commit to the 10-year game and look back, you're like, well, no wonder this person is a master of their craft because they've been training for 10 years. And, uh, yeah, I, that's how I transfer that discipline in sport over to business. I love that. Mm. Oh, so I've just got another question. So yeah. teen coach academy. This is definitely an interrogation. So. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> All right. So teen coach academy. What's your? I guess what's your vision? What's your mission for mm. it? Where do you see that going? Yeah, we. I, I really want to. I want to remove suffering in teenagers. You know, remove suffering in homes. I think. Once again, coming back to the school system, it's very easy to blame the school system, but a lot of the time it's it's heightening things that are ignored in the home. And my core belief is let's focus on the home and then we'll work through school so we can complement what's going on. So, you know, from my own personal story, from working with teenagers over the years, a lot stems from the home that a lot of families aren't ready to have that conversation yet. So they just try to tuck things under the rug when it comes to schooling. So, yeah, I, I really um, we're on a mission to remove suffering in a lot of families. 
starts with the teenagers, mm-hmm. but then it also allows us to then move on and work with the parents as well too, which closes that gap between schooling and home. It's the communication between the parents and the teachers that's often lost. And uh, that's where we come in, closing the gap. I love that, closing the gap. All right, I'm going to put Sally. All right, so the school system is overcrowded with outdated curriculum, so hard for teachers to really connect with kids, especially high school teachers where the students cycle from class to class. Mm, mm, Most definitely class sizes. uh, They're huge. They're, They're so big now. Like I remember back in the day we had, you know, anywhere between 20 to 25 kids. Now they're going over 30 kids in the classroom. So it's a great point, Sally. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that, Sally. I am, I'm sure this is Antoinette. I'm sure it's Antoinette. You should probably be sleeping, Antoinette, but I think she stayed up especially to see you. Oh, my days, I love this. So relatable. Yeah, I'm sure it's Antoinette. Uh, all right, and then Sally again. Sally Lean. You're getting a lot of teachers looking at coaching as a way to make the difference for students outside the system. Oh, right. are you getting a lot of teachers looking at coaching as a way to make the difference for students outside the yeah. system? That's a great question, Sally. A bit of both. A lot of teachers that you know they love their jobs there's, and there's a place like we need teachers you know I think it's a big thing that a lot of people and I know Sally you know this too that they're like the forgotten heroes in the world all of us have been impacted by one at least one teacher in our life so teachers have a place so coaching can either be a framework that can be embedded into classrooms and we teach a lot of our clients on how they can use it spontaneously at the beginning of their lessons, recess and lunch, which often that's where a lot of breakthroughs happen for a lot of students is when they approach teachers on the playground or the in-between conversations on the school bus on the way to sport or even at sport. A lot of kids move to their, you know, feel moved to open up to their coaches at sport in school too. So our frameworks fit into the curriculum, it's it's artfully designed for, for them to do that. And then on the flip side, teachers who want to extend their impact, build a role that aligns with their lifestyle and financial goals, most definitely coaching. We call it our ticket to freedom as educators. We really start tapping into the teen coach space. So it's designed for both worlds, whether someone wants to stay in the system or they want to leave. Respectfully, they both work. Awesome. Thank you, Lenita. Thank you, Sally. And yes, it is Antoinette. So worth staying up for. And <laughs> all right, I'm sure this is Antoinette again. All right. Do you coach the teens online or in person? Awesome question. Both. So it depends on the dynamic, depends on the coach as well, the type of business model they want to build. But we've, we have found moving online, it's actually much easier than a lot of teen coaches first anticipate. The, the pandemic or COVID had proved that, you know, a lot of schools and parents and teachers moved online overnight. They had no other choice. Thankfully enough for us, we were already online. So COVID just opened up a conversation for us to have with families. So online has its place. Face-to-face also has its place. It just depends on the dynamic and our belief systems around that, you know, like my belief system is well, parents, you don't need to drive your kids anymore. You don't need to be stuck in traffic. They just need to log into Zoom. And once they trust the team coach and build rapport, they'll be fine. Online is just as effective as in person. But once again, that's my belief system because I want to build an online independent coaching business. So some of our members still coach in person and that serves them. And so it's a matter of just figuring out 
the type of feel that you want to have inside your organization? You, somebody called Fire Brigade, because you were just on fire today, absolute fire. So I've got a question from Dai Chalanor. So she's in our mastermind, and I said that I was yeah catching up when we can do this podcast, and she was asking, what sort of beliefs that have you had to kind of adopt from you know starting out to where you are now, and has there been have you needed to do, have like some sort of identity change? Yeah, but oh, this is a great question. Of course, it's been it's been a big identity change. You know, going from an employee to an employer mindset. Um, you know, when I was teaching in schools, I was working for someone else. But when you start to evolve in coaching and build your own business, you're the you're that CEO, you're that leader in your in your organization. So from what I thought originally, it was just, you know, business or coaching. Everything we do inside our, our of our organization, it's a leadership game. Everything we do inside of our relationships, it's a leadership game. So I had to evolve my leadership firstly within myself and then my organization for it to, you know, successfully grow, scale, get clients, build a team. It all revolves around leadership. And, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting conversation because that can take you in health, relationships, faith, and then also business. And I was just thinking, so on your Facebook page, on your pinned post, you're very selective about the people that, that you work with. Yeah, yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about yeah about that? Yeah, of course. Um, we're in a sensitive industry. I think that's as direct as I could be. Teenagers, where they are often hurt, are in environments where they should feel the safest. Home, schools, church, sporting clubs. That's often where teenagers get hurt the most, sadly, but true. And so we've, we have set some very strict standards in our organisation. Our members go through particular checks, legislation, everything, policies to be working with teenagers. And we also have a selection process as well too to make sure that this adult is credible and they're in safe hands. So even though we train and we certify, we also want to make sure on the back end they have necessary checks to be working with children. So in a coaching space, it's very unregulated that people can get away with that. Anyone can wake up one day and become a coach. Yeah. Our standard is you can't just wake up one day and, and want to work with children. There needs to be some protocol in place too. So we're qualification only. We are application only. And we go one step further with being invite only too. It, it takes more work, but I want to make sure our teenagers are safe. And for the most part, like our members respect that. So we only have conflict with those who aren't qualified to work with teenagers or who don't want to go through protocol. And so we just know they're not our people. For the most part, that's why people love us because we're so strict with the selection. Yeah. I love that. High standards. That is what it is all about. All right. So I'm going yeah, to. Think... Yeah, yes. So I don't know if this is Antoinette. So I'm going to read this out. So this is so helpful. Thank you. I worked with teens for seven years. They have my heart. This sounds like Antoinette. But I've changed my niece because I was told there's no money in coaching teens. Oh, great question. What would you say to that? I deeply resonate with this, Antoinette, because every coach that I've had over the last 10 years told me the same thing. Don't coach teenagers. Don't touch the niche. There's no money in it. It's not going to work. 
And every single coach that told me that never had experience working with teenagers, was not a school teacher, never volunteered, had no experience. And I thought that was interesting. That's It's, it's a co- common pattern that even though they're a coach, doesn't necessarily mean they're the right coach for me because I don't want their limitations being projected onto me, especially because they don't have experience. So I knew that very early on. And I would say I'm glad I didn't listen to them because obviously we've evolved over the years. And it's just a matter of if you want it, if you really want this, it will take a little bit more time because of the dynamic. We don't just work with one client. We, we really do work with a family. There's definitely money. If you think of school or if you think of church, there's a lot of money in those organizations. They're a business, they're money-making machines. So there's clearly money in our market. It's just a matter of being patient with building a new market, which we've had, we've successfully done a teen coach market. Yeah. Man, somebody called Michael Jordan because that was a slam dunk, slam dunk. <laughs> Loving it. All right, so a bit conscious of time. So a couple more questions. Let's do it. Do you have any advice? So you know there's what well, there's about 94% of coaches that make it to 100k and above. So mm. I know that there are a lot of coaches out there that are struggling. Do you have any advice for people that are struggling and they're like, oh, okay, I might go back and you know get a part-time job, a full-time job, and because it's sometimes it's like that line is really thin, like whether they keep going or whether they quit. Have you got any advice? And, you know, like how did you keep going when things got tough? Yeah, most definitely. I think it's, it's, it's taking calculated risks. It's being responsible with your money. Like I was part-time teaching. I was full-time teacher. Then I went to part-time and then I quit my job when coaching picked up. So there's this glorified message of burn your boats, chase your dream. But if your dream's not financially stable yet don't burn your boats it's very irresponsible you know if you have a family to take care of or you have bills to pay that's what a lot of gurus don't tell you because maybe they don't have that level of responsibility you have you know maybe for lack of better words just an example he might be a young 25 year old male who doesn't have responsibility in the home and then he tells you to go burn your boats you know like i'm personally a carer in my family and i I financially support a lot of the like members in my family too So that advice isn't going to serve me. I'm not going to burn my boat straight away to pursue a dream when I have responsibilities. So that's one end of the spectrum. Another one too is loving on what where you are now. Like there was a time in our lives where we could dream of making 10,000. And so we've made 10,000. So how much gratitude are you sharing on that 10,000? Because there was a time where we wished that. And then once you hit 20,000, well, how much gratitude are you sharing to the 20,000? Because if you don't share the love and the gratitude on the 20, once you hit 100, you'll still be unfulfilled because you're just not grateful for the 100. And so that's another thing on just loving where you're at and be grateful for the opportunity. Because if the opportunity alone doesn't motivate you, then you shouldn't be coaching. There's no coach is ever going to solve your problem because you're just not grateful for the journey. And that's, that's why I show up with the energy that I have every day because I'm just so grateful that I get, the, I get the opportunity to make it work. If it doesn't work today, that's okay. Like I get, I get another opportunity tomorrow to make it work. My job is always going to be there. But what about this, you know? So there's a few ways to go about it. 
um, when it comes to that. Okay, I need to find the mic because I need to drop it. Oh, <laughs> man, that was awesome. All right, so two questions. So what's next for, yeah, for you and Team Coach Academy? Yeah. What's one final question? We're very excited to be evolving our certification program. You know, like we have a lot of experienced members in our community and uh, my whole vision is, well, how can we support mem more members coming into the coaching space? So we've designed a program from the ground level up. Like if someone really wants to start coaching teenagers, whether that's in a school setting or in an external practice, where do they go? Because there's, not, there's, there's no other coaching school that's doing this yet. I know I'll be mindful people would love to model me one day. It's, big, it's the greatest compliment on earth. And two, what if they don't want to go to university? So we're evolving our coaching school and practice in that way. And on that note, growing our team. You know, it's not a one-woman one show anymore. TCA is not about Lenita. It's about our team and our culture. And so it's, it's now diving more into leadership now and growing our, our team inside TCA. So I'm very excited about that. I love that. And you've got some incredible coaches on your team as well. Oh, most so, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. final question. All right. So you probably know that I'm obsessed with dad jokes. So do you have a dad joke, maybe a dance move, because I know you love music, something I'm inspirational, the, something the, motivational? Yeah. The dad joke. I'm not good with jokes. I'm actually, I never get the jokes anyway. So my dad joke would be, um, what did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Where's popcorn? <laughs> Lame. That's <laughs> how I entertain myself in my office every day, right? <laughs> um, that's my dad joke for you guys. You're absolutely welcome. I love that. And is there any um, last things that, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? Just one last thing. Yeah, most definitely. I think be intentional with how you're designing your career because, you know, designer, don't fall into just any model. There are a lot of models out there that work. We just got to figure out what model is going to work for you. Also, you know, throw in a bit of your own flavor, like your own culture. You know, I come from I come from a Middle Eastern culture. We're very loving. We're big on family. We're big on food. You know, we're very protective. You know, the cousins are always there. Like you don't mess with the cousins. You know, like that's that's the culture I've been brought up brought up in. So I transfer that mentality over to TCA family. Like we're family. I'm welcoming you into my home. If I offer you something and you say no, I get upset. You know, it's like even if you're full, like you still eat when you enter my house. So that mentality, that culture, throwing that into our organization has made a big difference because your clients will come to you for a program, but they will stay with you because of culture. So really start thinking about your own culture and your own life and throw that into the way you do business and you will just, you will skyrocket because you're acting from a heart angle, not just a logistical angle. Okay, what a way to wrap the show up. Before I play the, the outro music, I'm sure this was Antoinette. She said your joke was corny. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> too funny. You're my type of person. I love it. <laughs> All right. Manita, I just want to say a massive, ginormous, gigantic thank you to you for coming on, rocking out, and just giving so much value. Um, man, you so you're not just me, but to so many people, you're so inspiring, motivational, and the way that you've built your business is yeah, very similar to the way that I want to build business. And the, what you were saying about like culture, oh man, yeah, culture is key. So appreciate you so 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 much and thank you for today thank you so much dre amazing to be here appreciate you and thank you to the ladies who checked in as well <laughs>